Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas, Chedek Yud Beis, Parshas Tzav. So there's only one sicha in this Chedek and Parshas Tzav. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learn about the carbon Teda and we learn a Rashi on it. And there are three parts in the sicha. The Rebbe will, number one, ask six questions on this Rashi. Number two, present the key to what's bothering Rashi to answer one of the questions, and another key to answering five of the questions. And then there's going to be, number three, a side discussion. It's quite an extensive side discussion, consisting of three questions, answers for these three questions, and a hurrah from this side discussion. Rashi in our parsha quotes from the pasuk the words imal yakrivenu if he brings the carbon for a toida for thanksgiving and he explains as follows imal dvar if for a matter that he has to give thanks for al neis for a miracle that was performed for him kegain and Rashi gives four cases where a person has to bring this carbon yardehayom those who go on a sea voyage vahilchemit baris and those who journey in the desert vachavushe beisa surim and those who were imprisoned vachaylash nesrape and a sick person who recovered shehim tzrichin lahedus that these four have to give thanks shekasov behen because it says about these four in tehillim yedu lahashem chazdei they shall give thanks to Hashem for his kindness vinifloesav and for his wonders to the children of men, and they should bring a carbon toida. So, if for one of these four a person vowed to bring these carbon shlomim, they are shalme toida. They are and they require the breads that are said about them in the later psukim. And they're only eaten for one day and one night, like it's explained here in the later psukim. And there are six questions over here. The first question is, the word taida means simply thanking. So from where does Rashi know to say that it means thanking Hashem specifically for a miracle? The second question is, even if Rashi has a proof that the carbon Taida is only brought for miracles, from where does he know that it's only for these four miracles? And if we're going to say his proof is from the Tehillim, even in the Tehillim, who says that the Tehillim is saying that it's specifically these four miracles? Maybe it's bringing examples of miracles, but it means even more than just these four miracles. The third question is that even if there is a proof that in Tehillim it is specifically these four, but why does Rashi have to mention all of them? Why doesn't Rashi do what he very often does? He just mentions one of them and then he says, V'chulu, etc. The fourth question is, what's Rashi's intent with the words that he says at the end, Imal achas me'ela nodar shlomim halalu? That if for one of these four reasons the person vowed these shlomim, they are shlomim that are a toida shlomim. This seems to be the simple meaning of the Pasuk. So what is Rashi exactly teaching us with these words? The fifth question is that the order in Tehillim is different than the order in Rashi. 
because in Tehillim it starts with Hochemid Baris, then Chavushi Beisasurim, then Chaylish and Israpei, and at the end Yorde Ayam. And Rashi takes Yorde Ayam from the end and puts it at the beginning. And the question is, why does Rashi change from the order in the Tehillim? And we can't say that Rashi's order is based on which one is more common, because the Gemara brings also a different order than the Psukim in Tehillim. In the Gemara, it first says Yorde Ayam, then Hochemid Baris, then Chaylish and Israpei, and then Chavushi Beisasurim. And Taisus asks, why is the order in the Gemara different than the order? in Tehillim. And he answers that in Tehillim it's in the order of the level of danger. And in Gemara it's an order of how common it is. And if so it comes out that Rashi doesn't fit with the order in Tehillim which is based on the level of danger. And he also doesn't fit with the order in the Gemara which is based on how common it is. So what is the understanding and the explanation for the order that Rashi chooses? And the sixth question is why does Rashi say in the singular and the others he says in the plural. Now the Gemara also has some in the plural and some in the singular. The Gemara says Yerde Hayam, Hulchemid Baris, those two are in the plural. And then it has Chaylish and Isrape and Chavush in the Beis Asurim in the singular. And the order in the Gemara makes sense because usually on a sea voyage or on a journey in the desert, a person doesn't go by themselves, they go with a group of people. Whereas when a person gets sick or is imprisoned, it often will happen with a person by himself, not with anyone else. And so it would make sense that Rashi should also say it that way, that also the person who is imprisoned in the singular, because that fits with Pshut Mikra. So how do we understand that Rashi specifically only has Chaylish and Isrape in the singular? The explanation in all of this is as follows. So this is the key to the Sikha, and we're going to answer first the fourth question, the wording of Rashi, Imal Achas Me'ela Nodar Shlomim Halalu. And then through that, we're going to answer the other five questions, which are all within the same topic about these four that have to bring a carbon taita. So in Parshas Tzav, it talks about such carbonus that were mainly already explained and taught in Parshas Vayikra, in last week's Parsha. And it's just that in our Parsha, there are added details by each carbon that were not yet taught. So in Parshish Sav, we primarily find not new karbonis, but mainly added details to the karbonis that we already learned about. However, in regards to the carbon shlomim, we don't seem to find any new details in this parsha. For right after the words of the Pasuk that talks about a carbon shlomim, where it says, So it says right away, so that's the question over here that Rashi is addressing. That's the main intent of Rashi over here to answer this question. Why does it say, and it doesn't add any details? And the question comes up when the next Pasuk arrives, when we arrive at the next Pasuk, and we see it says, so now we see it's moving on to a new carbon, then the question arises, why are there no new details taught about the carbon shlomim, and it doesn't say anything about it that's new to us from Parshas Vayikra. So this question is the key to answering the fourth question that we asked on Rashi. So this is the key to answering specifically the fourth question, and we'll see how once we answer the fourth question, we're going to introduce an idea that's going to answer the other five questions as well. So Rashi answers this question that we just asked, that why does it say in Parshat Tzav, if it doesn't seem to be adding anything new about a carbon Shlomim, 
So Rashi answers this question by saying, that if for a matter of things a person vowed to bring these shlomim, then they are called shalmei toida, and they require the breads as well as they could only be eaten for one day and one night. So what is Rashi saying here? Meaning that the words imal toida in our pasuk they come in continuation to the previous pasuk where it says v'zayis toira zavach and that our Pasuk is adding another type of Shlomim carbon that wasn't yet taught. And it has new details that aren't in other Shlomim. And that they, they are, that to Unish Lechem, they require breads, Ha'amar Be'inyan, that's said over here. We don't know about it yet. They could only be eaten for one day and one night. Like it's explained over here, and we don't know of it yet. And the proof to this, that when it says, it means the carbon shlomim of the previous Pasuk. And so it's teaching us about a new shlomim carbon. The proof to this is that by the toida, in our Pasuk, it says, it doesn't say, if for a toida he brings a carbon, but rather, if for a toida he brings it, meaning that he brings it, the shlomim that it talks about in the previous Pasuk. And it's as if it says, It's as if our Pasuk says, And if for a Toida, Yaakovinu, he brings it, If he brings for a Toida, the Zevach HaShlamim, Then the Halachas are as follows, New Halachas that we don't know of yet, And a new carbon that we don't know of yet, That's considered a carbon Shlamim. And because the proof is from the word Yaakovinu by Toida, And also because the question only arises once we learn the Pasuk about the Taida, because that's when the question comes up, we're starting a new Pasuk, and it doesn't seem to speak about a Shlomim, so then the question arises. It's just said, and it doesn't say anything new about the Shlomim. So because of these two points, therefore Rashi says his teaching on this Pasuk, and not on the previous Pasuk, and now we're going to move on to answer the other five questions. We can't see the questions anymore, but as we answer them, we'll point out which questions are being answered. So even though this is the main Chiddush of Rashi, nevertheless, Rashi explains, by the way, on the side, within this teaching, another matter which is self-understood without him explaining it. And that's the key to answering the other five questions, that this matter is self-understood. And what is this? And that is that the obligation to bring a carbon toida is only for these four miracles. The proof to this is, and it has to be an obvious proof, and that's why Rashi doesn't say it as a separate Rashi, he just includes it by the way, because it's self-understood. It's obvious that a Yid has to constantly thank Hashem for all the good that he does for each and every one, because every Yid believes and knows that everything he or she has, even if it comes by the way of nature, Really, everything comes from Hashem. And just like a person has to thank anyone who gives them a gift, so certainly they must thank Hashem for His main gifts that He gives each day. And that's why Chazal established that we should thank and praise Hashem every day in the Tfilis and Brachas. And as we find it done in stories in the Torah many times, that people thanked Hashem. According to this, it comes out that every Yid should be obligated to bring a carbon Torah at least once each and every day. But this is something which isn't logically acceptable at all. Because it's just not possible for every Yid to have this obligation. And even to say a Yid must bring a carbon toida once a year to cover for everything of that year, that's a chiddush. That's a novel idea. And the Torah should have to write it clearly. So it can't be 
that the carbon taida is for every type of thinking. That was our first question. How does Rashi know it's for a miracle? Because it cannot be that it's just for a regular thinking, because then we would be obligated to bring at least one carbon every single day, possibly more. And to say that it means once a year, that can be, because then it would have been said clearly and explicitly. Therefore, even in Pshutosh Mikra, we must say that a person is not chayef to bring a carbon taida for every good thing, but rather for something out of the ordinary, meaning that it's only brought for a miracle. So that answers our first question on Rashi. What does Rashi know to say that it's specifically for a miracle? Now we're going to move on to answer the second question on Rashi. And that was, why does Rashi say that it's specifically for these four miracles? Why don't we say that it's for any miracle? And even though it says in Tehillim these four, we could say that in Tehillim it only brings these four because there are four examples. But it really is that a person has to bring a carbon for all, all miracles. So we continue over here. However, it's still not understood. It's already told before this point that for the 40 years the Yidden were in the desert, Hashem gave them every single day bread from Shemayim in a miraculous way. They also had water in a miraculous way. And they also had the protection from the Anon. And if a person is high to bring a carbon toida for every miracle, so then it comes out that every Yid of, of the over 600,000 Yidden that there were in the desert brought a carbon toida each day. Again, this is something that cannot be said at all. It's just not possible that every single year had to bring a carbon toida every day. And therefore, we must say that a carbon toida is only brought for certain miracles. Now, which miracles are we going to say that they're for? And since in in Yedul Hashem Chazdei, in the Tehillim, it mentions a few types of miracles, and it says over there clearly, V'yizbechu so it's understood that a carbon taida is brought specifically for these miracles. Meaning what we're saying over here is that since we must say that a carbon taida is not brought for every miracle, but rather only for certain miracles, so even though it's not taught in the Chumash, in the Chumash which miracles it's referring to, but since in Tehillim it does mention certain miracles, so it makes sense that they're not just examples, but rather they are the specific miracles, because we know it's only certain miracles. So it makes sense to say that the ones mentioned in Tilim, those are the specific miracles that a person must bring a carbon tide for. And this is especially since four miracles are mentioned in the Tilim and not one or two as examples. Since it says four, it makes sense that it's actually and specifically these four. So the proof is not just from the fact that it has to be certain ones, and until we have certain ones mentioned, also from Tilim itself, the fact that it mentions four, and not just one or two as examples, indicates that it's specifically these four. And nevertheless, Rashi writes all of them. So that was our third question. Why doesn't Rashi just write one and say etc., like he often does, and then we'll look it up ourselves. So nevertheless, Rashi writes all of them. Clearly, he writes them out. Since Ve'yizbechu zivchei seida is written clearly only by Chaylish and Esrape. The words Ve'yizbechu zivchei seida are written by Chaylish and Esrape, which is the third one in the Tehillim. And he can't write Chaylish and Esrape alone, because then we would think that it's only that one. And he can't write Chaylish and Esrape, Ve'chulu, etc., since only Yardayam comes after Chaylish and Esrape. And so we would think that only those two are the ones that have to bring a carbon teida. So Rashi would have to say Chaylish and Esrape V'chulu, etc., then one after, which is Yerdei Ayam, and then he would also have to add the first one, Hochem Edvaris V'chulu, which includes Chavush Yebesa Asurim. And then it's already all four. He's already saying four. He's saying Chaylish and Esrape, that's one, V'chulu. He's alluding there to Yerdei Ayam, that's two. Then he would have to write Hochem Edvaris, that's three, and V'chulu, which is alluding to the 
Chavushe Beis Asurim, which is four. So he's already writing them out with writing two of them and then Vechulu for the other two. So therefore he already writes them out explicitly. Now we're going to move on to answer the final two questions. The fifth question was, why does Rashi present the miracles in the order that he does? And the sixth question was, why does Rashi say in the singular and the other three in the plural? So once Rashi specifies the four miracles, he has to present them specifically in the order that he does. It's understood simply, very simply and obviously, that if a chiv is placed on a person in connection to a certain event, that if something, the following were to occur, this is the chiv. So if the person actually experienced that event, it's easier for them to understand the chiv. According to this, it's understood that when the chiv to bring a carbon toida was told to the yidin, they first told them, about the Chiyav from miracles that they themselves experienced, and in the order that they experienced them. And three of the miracles occurred for the Yidin, and in the order that Rashi presents them. First they went through the water by Kriya Samsaf, then they journeyed in the desert, and then they were locked in Midbar Sinai for 40 days until Moshe came down. They had to wait right there at the foot of the mountain. So they had that order of the miracles, Yardeh Hayom, then Hochemet Baris, and then Chavushi Beis Asurim. And only afterwards, after telling them these three, and in that order, he told them about a sick person who became healed, which didn't happen to them. They weren't sick and then recovered. And this is also why those three are plural, and the last one is singular. The first three are plural because they happened to them as a group, and the last one is singular because it didn't happen to them as a group. And also, like we mentioned, that typically it happens to an individual. And even though they weren't chayef to bring a carbon toida for those three events, as a result of what they went through, since they did it based on the command of Hashem and they had nothing to be worried about, but still we're not talking here about the chayef, we're talking about relating to the experience. And the Yidden were able to relate to the experience of those three events, and so they were told to them first, and in the order that it occurred to them. And so with this we answered all six of the questions, and now we're going to move on to a second section of the Sikha that has a side discussion, which is quite, quite elaborate and extensive, and it will conclude with a Heira, with a lesson in Havayda Sashem. Now we're moving on to a side question on one of the details that was just mentioned, that the Yidin had the Chavosh Beves Asurim, they experienced it when they were, so to speak, stuck at the bottom of the mountain waiting for Moshe to come down. And the question is that it seems that they experienced it much earlier on, even before the first thing that Rashi mentions, the Yerde Ayom, which they experienced by Kriyas Yamsuf, because being in Mitzrayim was like Chavushe Beis Asurim. So Rashi should have said it first. And again, this is not related to being Chayev. It's not that they were Chayev for a carbon toido when they left Mitzrayim because it was before the terror was given. This has nothing to do with the Chayev. We're talking here about their ability to experience it. So since they had that experience first, it would seem that that should be the first one that Rashi mentions. So here we're going to have a lead up into the answer and the answer. So we'll understand the answer to this question based on understanding why does Rashi say those who are chavush in a beisasurim, they're the ones that have to bring a carbon toida. Why doesn't Rashi just say chavushim? And the answer is, the reason for this is, because it's only if it's in a Beis HaSurim. And simply, the source of Rashi for saying that it's only if somebody is Chavosh in a Beis HaSurim is from Tehillim, where it says, Yoshevei Which means those that are in a place 
of a base asurim. They're in a place of choshech, a place of tzalmavus. They are asiri aniu barzel. They're tied. So it's only if a person is chavish in a base asurim, and that's why being in Mitzrayim doesn't count because they weren't in a base asurim. And to the contrary, we know that they were in the best part of Mitzrayim in Eretz Goshen. And regarding their slavery, we know that they were enslaved over there and enslaved. It was they were. They were enslaved Beforech in a very great way. This is a separate matter. It has nothing to do with the four that have to give thanks. Whereas the Midbar, it's not just that they were stuck there. The place itself that they were stuck in is like a Beis Asurim. Like we know that the Midbar is a dangerous place. It says, by Midbar And so therefore, the Midbar is similar to a place where not just a person is enslaved in that place, but the place itself is like And so that's why being in Mitzrayim does not count as Chavushi Beis Asurim. However, we can ask on this from what the Alter Rebbe writes in the Shulchan Aruch, that the three matzahs that we use on Pesach, they should be made from one Isorin. One Isorin, it's a measurement of flour, and the reason is to commemorate the Lachme Toida that were brought together with the carbon Toida, like we learned in Rashi, to Unin Lechem, they require breads. So the Alter Rebbe says that the three matzahs that we use on Pesach, they should be made from one Yisarin to commemorate the Lach Metoida, because when we left Mitzrayim, we left, says the Alter Rebbe, Mi Beisa Asurim Mishibur Mitzrayim. So we see that the Alter Rebbe is saying that leaving Mitzrayim is like leaving a base Asurim. Now we're just going to mention over here briefly, because it's going to be relevant to the continuation of the Sicha, that with the carbon Toida, they were brought Lach Metoida. And the Lach Metoida, amounted to 40 breads. And these 40 breads were broken into four categories. There were 10 in each category, 10 different breads. Three of those categories were made as matzah. They were not chametz. And one was made out of chametz. It was chametz bread. Now, the way this the, the, the flour was measured, altogether it totaled that it was brought from 20 isarin. The 10 chametz breads were made from 10 isarin. Each was one isarin. And the 30 non-Chametz breads, because there was three others, each had 10, so that's 30 non-Chametz breads, they were made from 10 Isarin. So it comes out that each three of them were made from one Isarin. So the Alter Rebbe rules that the three matzahs that we use on Pesach should be made from one Isarin to commemorate the Lach Meitoida. What does Lach Meitoida have, Lach Meitoida have to do with the three matzahs on Pesach? Because we, when we left Mitzrayim, we left Mi Beisa Asurim Mishubin Mitzrayim. And such a person that leaves from Beisa Asurim has to bring a carbon Toida. So therefore we make the matzahs out of one Isarin like the Lach Meitoida. So we have a comment and an observation about this question that the truth is that the question is not from what the Alter Rebbe writes in the Shulchan Aruch on Rashi or on our explanation of Rashi, but rather it's a question on the Alter Rebbe himself from his ruling that one who was Chavush Beveis Asurim says Birchas HaGemel. So the ruling of the Alter Rebbe says, Misha Haya Chavush Bebeisa Asurim Al Yedei Iski Nefashir, somebody who was imprisoned in a Beisa Asurim for something related to Nefashis, Viyatsani was released, Oyal Iski Mamin, or if he was imprisoned for money matters, Im Haya Mu'una Bekivle Barzal, if he was tied up with chains, metal chains, so Chayev Bebirchas Agaymo, and the Birchas Agaymo is connected to the Chayev to bring a carbon Taida.
And we know that the Korban Torah is connected to Asiri Oni Ubarzal, Yeshve Chayshech So that would be the source of the Alter Rebbe. But the point is that we see that the Alter Rebbe rules that Birchas Agaymel is only said for someone who is Chavish Bevesa Asurim. So how does he say, the Alter Rebbe, how does he say that being in Mitzrayim is like being in Besa Asurim if, like we said, they resided in the land of Eretz Goshen? Which was the best of Mitzrayim. They weren't Assyria on Erev Barzal. So it comes out that this is really not a question on our explanation, on the explanation here in the Sicha about Rashi, but it's really a question that's been resolved within the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch itself. And so now it's going to move over to be a side question that comes up and not a question directly on the answer that we gave for Rashi that Mitzrayim was not a Beis Asurim. So in order to answer this question, we're going to go into another question. So this will be understood by first asking and answering another question. The Alter Rebbe writes that in our countries, we don't say Mizmul Asayda on Shabbos and Yom Tov because the Karban Taida isn't brought on Shabbos and Yom Tov. And so too, on Pesach and Erev Pesach, we don't say Mizmul Asayda because the Karban Taida isn't brought on Pesach and Erev Pesach because of the chametz that's in it. Like we said, 10 of the breads were chametz. And so the question is, if we can't even say Mizmer L'Sayda on Pesach, then how can we do something connected to the Karban on Pesach? How can we make the three matzus from one Isaran of flour zecher, as a zecher to commemorate the Lach Meitayda? And it's a Kavuchemer, more than what we just said now, that if we can't even say something, how can we do something? It's a greater Kavuchemer. Because according to the opinions that we must say Mizmul Asayda also on Shabbos and Yom Tov and Pesach and Erev Pesach, the reason is because we won't come to bring a carbon Taida because of saying Mizmul Asayda. Since saying Mizmul Asayda is not to commemorate, according to these opinions, it's not to commemorate the carbon Taida, but rather it's just a form of thanks. And why do we use this Mizmer to say thanks to Hashem? And because unlike all other shiris, all other songs, this Mizmer won't be Batala Asad Lavai. And so it would seem, according to this, that those who rule not to say it, that we don't say it on Shabbos and Yom Tov and Pesach and Erev Pesach, it's because it does commemorate the Karban Taida. And from the Alter Rebbe, Although it seems that he holds that it's to commemorate the Karban Taida from one teaching of his, because the Alter Rebbe says, The person has to say the Parshas of Karban is standing, and so to Mizmer Lusayda, similar to their bringing of them as a Karban that was standing up. So although from the Alter Rebbe, it seems that he holds that it is to commemorate the Karban Taida, and that's why he says we don't bring it, we don't say Mizmul Saida, Shabbos, and Yom Tiv and Pesach, and Erev Pesach. It's actually not the case. It's not what the Alter Rebbe holds, holds. We see that from another teaching of his. The Alter Rebbe says, There are places that they add, and he says Mizmul Saida, and the reason is, because all Shiras will be except for Mizmul Saida. So the Alter Rebbe says that it's connected to the reason that Kol HaShiris are Batal Asad except for Mizmer L'Sayda. And so now we're going to see the extent of the Kavachemer. So we must say that even though we don't say Mizmer L'Sayda to commemorate the Karban Taida according to the Alter Rebbe, nevertheless, since we're mentioning the Karban Taida in it, so it's not why we're saying it, but we are mentioning the Karban Taida in it, so it shouldn't be said on days that the Karban Taida wasn't brought. And that's also why, because we mentioned the Karban Taida in it, that's also why the Atar Rebbe rules that it should be said standing up. 
And so, if we shouldn't even say Mizmah on Pesach, even though it only mentions, by the way, the carbon toy, that's not the reason we're saying it, but it mentions it by the way, and because it mentions it by the way, therefore we don't even say it, so then how can we do something connected to the carbon Torah on Pesach? So essentially we had the whole question before the Kavachemer, which just magnified and emphasized it even more. And the question is, if we don't say Mizmah Saida on Pesach, because it's connected to the carbon Torah that had Chomets in it, so how can we make the three Matzahs of the Seder from one Yisarin to commemorate the Lach Mitoido? So here we're going to have a lead up into the answer and then we'll have the answer. So this will be understood by first discussing the source of the teaching to make three matzahs from one Isarin. The source is from the Rosh and Mardachai, although their reasons are different. The Rosh says that we take and we need three matzahs in order that there should be two shlemis, like we have on every yomtiv, and we also need a prusa, a half of a matzah for lechem aini. And then the Rosh adds, the minig to make the three matzahs from one isarin as a zecher for the lachmei toido. The Mordechai says that we need three matzahs to commemorate as they are a zecher for the lachmei toido. And he explains that in even though there were 40 lachmei toido, so 10 of them we know were chametz, but there's still 30, not three. Nevertheless, the din is that if he made the 40 instead in four lachmetoida, then bidiyavid it's good. So it comes out that if he made all 40 instead of making them in 40 chalas, he made them in four, it would be good. And three of those would be matzah. They wouldn't be, they would be non chametz. One would be chametz. That's why we take three matzahs. So according to the rush, the reason we take three matzahs is not connected to the lachmetoida. The number three has nothing to do with the lachmetoida. Whereas according to the Mordechai, this is the very reason for taking three matzahs, because of the three lach meitayda, the 30 that can be made, but the evidence if they were made in three would be fine. And according to this, the Rebbe explains at length that there's no question of the carbon asano. The carbon asano asks on the rush about the number three, how do we have three, but there was 30 lach that were in chametz, and then he gives the answer of the Mordechai, the Bidiyevit, if they were made into three, it would be fine. But according to this, there's no question on the rush, because the number three of the rush has nothing to do with the lach It has to do with two shlemas like an every yomtiv, and another half of a matzah, a prusa for lach And also, besides the point, the answer that the that the Karman Asano gives wouldn't even be a good answer, because the answer is that if he made them in three, it would be fine. But those three have to be made from ten fully sarin. It has to be made from ten fully sarin. Here we're making it just from one isarin. Because according to the Rush, the number three has nothing at all to do with the Lachmitaida. The number three is related to what we have an Eviyant of two and a Prusa for Lachamaini. How what is connected to the Lachmitaida is just like when the Lachmitaida, the three of the non-chametz, the non-chametz lachmais, the three of the non, each three, were made from one isarin, so these three should be made from one isarin. And also there's no question on the Mordechai about the number of isarin. We can't ask on the Mordechai the number of isarin, because he doesn't mention the isarin, he mentions the number three. So it comes out that the number three, according to the Rush, has nothing to do with the lachmitaida, just the number of isarin, the amount of flour, and according to the Mordechai, the flour has nothing to do with it, it's just the number of matzahs. And according to this, there's a big difference between the Rosh and the Mordechai. According to the Mordechai, we need three matzahs to commemorate the Lach And so we're making in action, and in a revealed way, 
a, commemor- a commemoration to the lo- to the carbon toida for the lachmi toida. We're doing something in action and in a revealed way. You see that there's three for the three lachmi toida. Whereas according to the rush, in a revealed way, there's no zecher for the carbon toida. You can't see the amount of flour that was used in the matzahs. So there's no zecher for the carbon toida in a revealed way according to the rush. And this now leads into our answer to the question, if we can't say mizmer that we can't even say something, which is just mentioning the carbon toida by the way, then how can we make the three matzahs from one isarin, which is a zecher, it's an action for a zecher for the carbon toida. According to this, it's understood that there's no contradiction to this ruling of the Alter Rebbe's about making the three matzahs from one isarin, zecher for the lachmei toida, from the ruling that we don't say mizmer l'sayda on Pesach. Because mizmer l'sayda, although it's by the way that it mentions the carbon toida, but it mentions openly the carbon toida. Whereas here, by making the three matzahs from one isarin, since you cannot see the zecher, it doesn't bother us that it hints in a concealed way to a zecher, it hints in a concealed way that it's a zecher to the carbon toida. According to this, that according to the Atar Rebbe, the zecher to the lachmi toida isn't a complete zecher, it's not such a revealed zecher, so we can say that when he writes that when we left Mitzrayim, we left a Beis Asurim, it's also similar to this, that it's not a complete Beis Asurim. Mitzrayim was just similar to Beis Asurim, but not an actual Beis Asurim, that is Mechaev a carbon toida. So what the Alter Rebbe is saying is, therefore, we make the three matzahs from one Yisarin, that they are a zecher, but only in a hinted way, not in such a revealed way, to the Lachmi Taida. And we on Pesach left the Beis Asurim, but not a real Beis Asurim, just in a hinted way. It's not a true Beis Asurim. So that answers our question, if the Alter Rebbe rules that you actually have to be a Chavosh Beis Asurim to afterwards be Chayv and Gaimel, then why does he say that when we left Mitzrayim, we left the Beis Asurim and we would have to bring Lach Meitoida and that's why the three Matzahs are from one Yisarim? The answer is that when it comes to actually be, being Chayev Birchas HaGaymel and being Chayev a carbon Toida, then you have to be a Chavosh Beis Asurim that is then released. But when it comes to leaving Mitzrayim, since the Zecher was only hinted to, so also the Mitzrayim only hints to a Beis Asurim. It's not a real Beis Asurim. And according to this, it fits really well that the Alter Rebbe adds at the end, he says, Mi Beis Asurim, Meshibur Mitzrayim. Why does he add on at the end, Meshibur Mitzrayim? Why does he say that? The reason is to say that it wasn't an actual Beis Asurim. He's explaining that it's not a true Beis Asurim, it's only Shibur Mitzrayim which means that they were enslaved and it was terrible, but the place itself was not a Beis Asurim. There was just a Shibur in that place. The Hayra'ah, the lesson from this, that even Shibur Mitzrayim is similar to a Beis Asurim, is that as long as a Yid is found in Shibur Mitzrayim, as long as a Yid is found in Golis, then despite all the good that he has, he is still Chavush Beis Asurim, to the extent that he can be compared to those in a real Beis Asurim, that are Yeshve Chayshech Vitzamavas, that obligates, obligates them to bring a carbon Toida. And the explanation is because in truth, as long as a Yid is in Golis, where Lukus doesn't shine in a revealed way, he is Kavayachol in a Beis Asurim of the Chayshech of the Klippa, which is called Tzalmavis. So he's Yeshve Cheshech V'Tzalmavis. And so it's understood that always, every day, we wait for Mashiach to come and take us out of the Beis HaSurim Haruchni 
to take us out of the spiritual base asurim and the base asurim agashmi and out of the physical base asurim and yelichenu kamimius laartsenu and it should take us upright to our land of Eretz Yisrael.